ahead than all hope, listeners. You're listening to Radio Grognard, the OSR podcast about stuff, with your host, Glenn Hallstrom. Hi, folks. Old Man Grognard here. Hope you're all doing well. I don't know if I'll be doing well or not, but I'm sure going to try. Nice and sunny day out, and today is D-Day, or I should say S-Day, surgery day where I'm going to be having some major surgery done, mainly pancreas and and spleen go bye-bye. But that's a whole other story. I just want to talk about gaming right now. And what I want to talk about is organizing for more than one campaign and an idea I've come up with. And we're going to talk about that after this. Okay. I... I've been watching, again, YouTube videos, and they've given me an idea. One guy came up with a saga tracker, and it made me think about that. I'm sorry, I can't remember the the, the, the video's name or the guy or anything like that. But anyway, thank you. I th- how to create... Say, you got, say you're, you're blessed to have more than one group or more than one campaign going on. I know I'm getting ready to plan two of them out because, well... I love the Midderlands. I love Astonishing Swordsmen and Sorcerers of Hyperborea. Why not do both? You can alternate them or something like that. Or if I ever get another group, I can put them there. Well, here's the thing. Now, I'm talking about a pre-published and published campaign world, but you can use this with, with your own stuff you come up with. And I'm thinking a spread I'm thinking spreadsheet. Especially what I'm thinking of is, you know, I like to run off the cuff and I've got plenty of notes to do that. I've got stuff I've written. I've got compo books. I've got OneNote. I do keep, still keep reference material on OneNote for whatever I'm running. And like I said, this will work with your own homebrew world as well as any kind of purchase world. And this is something I'm just, I'm brainstorming right now and I think it might work. Now, here's the, here's the ups and downs of it. I like Astonishing Swordsmen and Sorcerers of Hyperborea, but because it's got a rich history and I've got a lot of modules out, most of which I have, but I don't want, I have a, I have a fear of getting module bound in that system. And I mean, I've come up with stuff of my own, but it's too easy for me to go, okay, this is the right, I pull out a module, okay, this is the right level range we got, let's run this. And I don't want to, I mean, that's that's why I used to, that's why I stopped doing Call of Cthulhu, because I got module bound. I didn't feel, here's the thing, I, it wasn't laziness, I didn't feel like I could create anything for Call of Cthulhu that would be as good as what has been created. Well, that's a fallacy. I just didn't feel like I could get the tone. And Astonishing Swordsman, I have risk running the risk of the same thing. Now, on the other hand, the Midderlands, using Swords and Wizardry, complete, I could do that. That Those three books, three books as of this recording, they are packed so full of ideas and hooks. I can go anywhere with them. Now, the downside of that is I don't have a module to run. See, I like to start off with something that's already pre-written because at that point, yes, I am lazy. 
because I just want to get the campaign going and then go from there. So I have to put a little extra time in to go through the books and come up with things for them to do. And the and it also depends on where in the world you're putting the characters. If it's your campaign world, you know your campaign world where to put them. Like in, in Astonishing Swordsman, I'm going to put them in Zambala, which is a, desert, a port town on the edge of a desert. And I can do that. That's a good start point. Midderlands, I want to put them in, I want to run a campaign in Scotland, which is their version of Scotland. And it's, I, there, there's some, some stuff in there, but not much. I'm sure I can adapt. So it's going to take a little work to get that up and running. But in the meantime, I want to come up with something I can keep track of. That's why I'm going to turn to spreadsheets. Now, this sounds kind of, you know, you guys know and me, this sounds kind of counterintuitive. But if I can organize it loose enough to still be able to do my thing, you know, kind of improvise on it and have a sandbox See, this is great for keeping track of what's going on in your world or where they are and how, you know, all that kind of stuff. So what I came up with is, you know, I'm going to pop open, pop open the spreadsheet and I want to take one section of that spreadsheet. And what I mean is you can do it in sections on the same page, but I will want to create a separate page for each campaign. And here's some of the things I'm thinking of putting in there to keep track of it. First of all, you've got to put what, so the areas you want to use. And nice thing about spreadsheets is this is expandable. So if you're going into another area on the map or something like that, you can start a new column for that. So I want to put areas in there first. Then I want to list, let's see. Things like the pertinent NPCs or if there's anything that's outstanding about the area. And I'm probably going to do that with bullet points in the cell. Or just list them down in the cell in one sentence. Then I wouldn't want to put any kind of pertinent NPCs that they might run into that are important to whatever plot I'm doing. I, I would also like to put the plot, if I have a plot or a or situation, rather, the situations, the overarching situation, I should probably put as a separate heading above everything else. This is the overarching situation. But any kind of plot hooks or any ideas I have, put that in there. And the last two cells, first of all, I'm going to put the plot. I keep calling it plot, but I thought I broke myself with that. I guess I didn't. I'm going to put the plot, what I come up with. And then I'm going to put down in the next cell, what really happened at the session, the sessions. I mean, I've got sections like that in my compo books that I do one for each campaign. I do put like, okay, this is the situation going in. And then the next page I will put, okay, this is what happens when we played it. And then I will adjust Accordingly, the nice thing about that is ever after every session, I should update this, of course, and I can change it really easy. I can, I can, you know, 
do the plot really easy. The nice thing about putting the plot and then what really happened is the fact that not only can you change it on the fly, but you can see what you planned and see what works and what doesn't. Now, you can also have a section for miscellaneous. Things like possible experience points earned at the end of so many sessions if you're doing experience points. How many sessions is it going to take to level up if you're doing achievement-based experience uh, leveling up um, maybe some monster stats things like that I usually refer to my one note on the monster stats because I've got those in there for whatever monster I'm using so that's the way I want to lay it out now this is kind of a trial and error thing if you guys want to follow along I'm going to try and do this if I ever get up on roll 20 we're going to do it but if you want to try it I'd like to hear about you know what you come up with like this I think I've got so I think I've got a good start for that because me it's like running one campaign is work enough if I'm doing more than one campaign then I got to start really organizing my to organize to improvise there's there's the there's the buzz phrase organize to improvise that's what you want to do all right I gotta go start my day and probably recovering by now and well, if you want to talk to me about this or anything else, oldmangrognergmail.com, or you can drop a voicemail on Anchor. And I want to say that I've been doing this show for over a year, and it's been really fun. In fact, I think I've been doing it over two years. I'm not sure. I think it was a... Yeah, I'm going in my second year. But I want to thank everybody out there that listens. You guys are great. You guys are wonderful. Now, we, we are, we, of course, we are monetized, so as little as 99 cents a month. You too can, you too can, can help me out. And I, I really thank you. Uh, let me thank my supporters, Jonathan Dorje, Wendell Jessen, Oliver Shriek, Gilbert Suarez, Juan Carlos Llewellyn, Daniel Reynolds, Dan Gregg, Benjamin Brodell, Jason, John Allen Large. You guys are great. Don't forget to listen to Dan Gregg's The Young Y-U-N-G, Young Grognar Podcast, Mark C. Wallring's The Young Albert Podcast, Big John Allen Large's The Red Dice Diaries, and my friend Eric Tinkar's Tavern Chat. So, once again, I want to thank, whether you, whether you contribute or not, I want to thank everybody out there that listens. I'm doing it for you guys. And I'm, I'm just glad, I'm happy to be doing it. Let me put it that way. And hopefully this will go on for years and years and years. All depends on how much I can stretch my brain. But anyway, thank you. So, until I see you folks next time, keep the dice warm, and I'll talk to you later. Bye-bye. Questions? Comments? Send them to oldmangrognard at gmail.com. We'll see you next time when Radio Grognard is on the air. Mm-hmm.